Hello, I'm Molly and this is Care Experts, brought to you by Care Credit and Pets Best. Together, the Care Credit credit card and Pets Best pet health insurance provide all the financial tools that can help you be the best pet parent you can be. Today we are here with Dr. Don LaHoulier from Countryside Veterinary Clinic in Jefferson, Oregon. Hi, Dr. Don. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you and we're going to be talking about a very important issue today, which is spaying and neutering. We're going to get all kinds of questions for you. <laughs> I look forward to it. So let's start with the basics. Uh, what is the difference between spaying and neutering? So, so there's a really minor difference. Um, neutering surprisingly can actually um, refer to either spaying or quote unquote neutering. Um, neutering referring to becoming sexually neuter. So we're removing the testicles in the case of the male or the uterus and ovaries in the case of the female. Whereas spaying um, refers specifically to the female. I see. And why is it important that we spay or neuter our cats and dogs? Well, one big issue is population control. Um, you know, if people aren't are letting their, their animals have puppies or kittens and they're not finding homes, um, that can be an issue. But there also uh, can be some health benefits to spaying and neutering, as well as eliminating those, those secondary characteristics that maybe are undesirable. You know, um, while marking is a learned behavior, you know, the, the male and the female that are sexually intact um, are more likely to mark because they, they're either trying to find a mate or they're trying to establish that territory um, where a mate can come into. And so sometimes uh, we don't like those behaviors and while they are learned and so even a, a, a spayed or neutered animal can still learn how to mark, uh, we, can, we can start to maybe reduce that behavior. And what age is appropriate to spay or neuter our cats? Uh, so for cats, um, the latest research is, is actually showing that that we spare neuter them by the time they're five months of age. So anytime, you know, up to that point. Um, in my practice, what we tend to do is when they're in getting their last set of kitten vaccines, they're also getting spayed or neutered on that day as well. And so we're kind of wrapping it all into the same visit. And so then it's just done. And, and a lot of the reason for that is that those animals are not really sexually mature yet. So there's not really a chance that they can... Um, have kittens at that point. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, as far as dogs go, is it the same age? Uh, is it different for dogs to be spayed and neutered? So it's a little bit different for dogs. Um, it's, it's actually a very evolving thing right now. Uh, in the last 12 to 18 months, there's been a lot of new research coming out showing that that some of the larger breeds and, and some of the new recommendations are that the large and giant breeds are actually fixed um, or spayed or neutered after they're 12 months of age. And so we're actually pushing that time back. Uh, a lot of the, the toy breeds, the small breeds, uh, medium breeds, we're actually looking at staying you know, around that six month mark. Um, but again, this is a rapidly evolving uh, area. And so there's a lot of newer research coming out. Um, and so things are, are changing a little bit in, on the canine side. And in that new research, does do um, breeds play a part? Like, does the breed of the dog play a part? You said size, but you know, also does does the breed matter in when you should neuter or spay? Um, maybe not necessarily breed. I mean, yes, breed in, in terms of like a Great Dane is going to be a, lot, a giant breed. I mean, it, it just is. You're not going to probably see a ten pound 
mature Great Dane. But um, so, so yes and no, but really more the size, really more their adult weight. And so, you know, we're looking kind of in that um, 50 to 60 pound range and bigger. And so that encompasses a lot of dogs. Um, the, the kind of um, difference to that is some of these animals, especially the females uh, that, are, that are becoming more mature, um, you know, they're more likely to have their first heat cycle by the time they're a year. And that first heat cycle does predispose them to mammary cancer later in life. So there's, there's a little bit of, um, like I said, the, it's very evolving. And so, but the current research is there, the current uh, recommendation is being to fix those larger breeds after 12 months of age. Thank you. And how long does it take for my pet, you know, dog or cat to heal after they've been spayed or neutered? So it takes about 10 to 14 days for that incision to heal. Um, once they're healed, they can go right back to being doing their normal things. And so um, running, jumping, playing, it's just that initial 10 to 14 day period post-operatively that everything's healing. We want to restrict their activity. So we don't want them to run, jump, play, you know, if they like to get up on the bed, it's carrying them, getting them up on the bed manually, taking them down off the bed because stretching, uh, moving those tissues around can cause disruption in the healing process. And so it can either prolong healing or it can cause dehiscence of, of one or more of those suture lines. And then that, that's, that's a whole other issue there. But um, 10 to 14 days to get healed, then they can go right back to regular life. And it sounds like a close monitoring so you don't prolong that healing. Yeah. By yeah, we don't want it to take any longer. They don't want to have to be restricted in activity any longer than they have to. And we don't want to have to keep them restricted any longer than we have to. Absolutely. And is there anything as a pet owner that I could do to help my animal while they're healing? I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously caring for them, making sure they don't, uh, you know, rip anything open or have a problem. But is there anything else that I can do to help soothe their pain while they're healing? You know, it, um, giving them the the most likely probably an anti-inflammatory post-operatively, that's very important. Uh, you know, a lot of these pets, they bounce right back and they don't want to show pain. And so they they don't like to show pain even when they are in pain. And so I, I can't imagine, I've never had abdominal surgery, but if I had an abdominal procedure, I would want something afterwards. I can imagine they would too. So so when, when the doctor sends home a prescription post-operatively, making sure to give it. You know, even if they look like they're doing just fine, um, not only will it help them be more comfortable, it'll help them rest more, but it will also help them heal faster. Reducing the inflammation at the surgical site will speed healing because an inflammation is anti-healing. It, it interrupts the healing process and we can actually push it to a longer healing time. More healing means more restriction, means more discomfort. Uh, if, we can, if we can shorten that period of time, we can get them back on their feet, so to speak, get them back to their normal life. That's great advice. And for those concerned pet owners, is the surgery risky? You know, there's a risk anytime we're messing with body systems. And so anesthesia, surgical procedure, although those risks in, in, in almost every patient, especially if we're talking young spays and neuters or these animals that are, that are, you know, six months, 12 months, 13, 14 months, the, the risks are incredibly low. And so anesthesia has come a long way in the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, you know, we have these agents that, that have minimal effect on body. Um, they're not having to be metabolized in the body. Um, we're, we're having all these things, you know, our surgical techniques are, are perfected 
pretty well, you know, that, that we can do, we have a lot of ways surgically to minimize the risk of bleeding or complication during procedure. And we're monitoring these pets. I mean, these pets are monitored from the time they're sedated through anesthesia, through surgery, and then through the recovery period until they go home. And so we're always watching them, always trying to um, make sure there's not gonna be a complication. And if there is, try to curtail it before it, before it really becomes an issue. Yes, definitely. And um, do our dogs and cats behave differently after they're spayed or neutered? You know, it can have a, a mild change in behavior, but that behavioral change that we tend to see tends to be maybe intersex aggression. So females being aggressive with other females or males being aggressive with other males tend to happen more in the uh, sexually intact animals. And so once we, we spay or neuter them, um, that behavior can be eliminated or, or at least decreased. And um, you mentioned that female dogs, uh, they come into their first heat around one years old. Is it the same for cats? Yeah, you know, I've, I've personally seen animals in heat as young as almost four months of age, which is very abnormal. And sometimes it's not till after a year. And so each female is a little bit different, but on average, the first heat cycle in, in, in tends to happen between that six month mark and 12 month mark. So Dr. Don, I've heard it said that for our female cats and dogs, you should wait until they have their first heat cycle to then spay or neuter. Has that advice changed? Is there any new information out there? So, so the latest information for cats is showing, um, they're calling it fixed by five. And so what that basically means is by the time they're five months, these patients should be spayed or neutered. Um, there doesn't seem to be that correlation, at least in female cats, um, between types of cancers and the first heat cycle. Thank you, Dr. Don Blahulier, for giving us all of your insights on spaying and neutering. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. More episodes of Care Experts can be found at carecredit.com slash care experts. All of our featured care experts recommend and accept the Care Credit credit card, which is accepted at hundreds of thousands of provider locations nationwide. For more information on how Pets Best Pet Insurance can cover up to 90% of your pet's unexpected eligible veterinary expenses, visit PetsBest.com. Or for more information on the Care Credit credit card, go to CareCredit.com. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. All information, opinions, and recommendations discussed in this episode are for your information only. We believe the information sources are generally reliable, but because of possible human or mechanical error by the sources, Synchrony or its affiliates, including CareCredit, does not provide warranty to the accuracy, quality, or completeness of the information or any results obtained from it. Any statement or opinions in this episode are the doctor's alone, and included data was current to the time of creating this episode. Please consult your own advisors before using any of this information. Pet insurance coverage offered and administered by Pets Best Insurance Services, LLC, is underwritten by American Pet Insurance Company, a New York insurance company headquartered at 6100 4th Avenue South, Suite 200, Seattle, Washington, 98108, or Independence American Insurance Company, a Delaware insurance company located at 11333 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 160, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85254. Pets Best Insurance Services, LLC, California agency number 0F37530, is a licensed insurance agency 
Agency, located at 10840 Ballantine Commons Parkway, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28277. Each insurer has sole financial responsibility for its own products. Please refer to your declarations page to determine the underwriter for your policy. Terms and conditions apply. See your policy for details.